trust in the sign. One of the most potent of all signs is a word which is busted out at Christmas time, Emmanuel. A sign that means God with us. That's God saying, I'm with you. Therefore, we read from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 4, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Trust in the sign. One of the most potent of all signs is a word which is busted out at Christmas time. Emmanuel. And it means God with us. That's God saying, I'm with you. Isaiah 7 verse 4 says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. So that's what Emmanuel means. I am with you or God with us. And immediately there's a preacher's dream, a three-point sermon, God with us. But instead of yielding to the temptation of expounding that great theme, I want to draw attention to the fact that this is a sign, and a sign of what? Simply put, it's a sign that God is building his eternal kingdom, the one he first promised to King David. As farmers were aware of the annual rotation of seasons, and many cultures of the world consider time to be a constant rotation like the seasons, the great circle of life, if you like, according to the Lion King. And many people find life to be a great circle, like a great hamster wheel. They cycle from financial year to financial year without any obvious meaning or purpose. But God is saying through Isaiah's prophecy that life is not an endless, meaningless rotation of seasons. The one who built this universe, who is eternal and thus who stands outside of time, created time itself. And he created time, and it's purposely working through time towards an ending of time. History is going somewhere, my friends. And it's going where God wants it to go. And he's doing things which take far longer to implement than any one of our lifetimes. So let's consider the context of that prophecy that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son to Emmanuel and it was given to Judas King Ahaz at a time when he was wrestling with how to protect his nation when Assyrian forces occupied the land and God offered King Ahaz a choice he could trust in God or suffer defeat from his enemies in Isaiah 7 verse 9 uh, God challenges Ahaz and says, If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Then God said, Well, ask me for a sign, a miraculous occurrence, 
to independently verify that I can save Judah. But Ahaz had so little faith in God's capacity that he refused. So God supplied his own sign, a prophetic sign, one that which will be fulfilled long after Ahaz's demise. He said, The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel. And he will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. And we have to go then back to 2 Samuel 7 to connect the dots to see that this prophecy is built on an earlier promise that God's made to King David, a promise of an eternal manifestation of, of God's kingdom, of David's kingdom. In 2 Samuel 7b, the Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I'll raise up your offering to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I'll establish his kingdom. And here's the, the future prophetic part of it. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Forever. So the prophet Nathan's not talking about David's son Solomon at this point. In fact, David's kingly lineage seems to be cut off after Solomon. However, we can trace through gene genealogies that in time, Jesus Christ is a direct descendant of David. And Jesus is like a new shoot which springs to life from the cut-off stump of David's kingdom, which appeared to be completely dead. And notice as the prophecy goes on just how much it refers to the suffering which was later inflicted upon the person of Jesus. I will be his father and he will be my son and when he does wrong, I'll punish him with a rod wielded by men with floggings inflicted by human hands. That's the suffering before the crucifixion. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever for before me. Your throne will be established forever. And so the point so far is that the sign, Emmanuel, God with us, a baby born of a virgin, is showing that there's a purposeful and inexorable movement in the history of humanity towards the re-establishing of the kingdom first promised to King David. This would be a kingdom in which God himself, Emmanuel, would be the eternal king, a king who would be with his subjects, a kingdom of amazing peace. And we face the same choice as King Ahaz. Will we trust this sign? Ahaz got that stern reminder from the man of God. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And sadly, Ahaz chose to look at the earthly powers gathered against him and made a deal with the apparently strong Assyrians. Unfortunately, he found out when the Babylonians came that the Assyrians wouldn't come to his aid as they'd promised, and so Judah was carried off for 70 years to Babylon. And we see that he didn't stand firm in his faith in God. And that's the question for us. Will we stand firm in our faith in Emmanuel? that God is with us. Will we hold firm to the sign given to King Ahaz, manifested in an actual person being born this Christmas day, this baby Jesus? Will we trust what the sign is telling us, 
that history is moving forward purposefully to a day when every knee will bow before the Lord and all will be called to account for their life lived on this earth. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's consider another aspect of uh, God with us. Firstly, if God is with us, then that's an antidote to fear. Consider what it says in Genesis chapter 26. Fear not, for I am with you. Trusting the sign of Emmanuel is a source of courage. It's a source of courage in this time between Christ's ascension to the right hand of the Father and his second coming back to judge the living and the dead. Remember his words to his disciples as, as his ascension, as he went up, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And this happy Christmas season will be even happier as we take into our hearts the word of the writer to the Hebrews. Uh, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So this Christmas Day, the sign of baby Jesus, is calling for your trust that God is with us. And the implications of this are tremendous. I listen to testimonies from time to time of people who have been saved from dreadful situations of abuse. And over and over in the worst times which humans can inflict upon one another, they testify to God being with them. Before they call upon him, they become aware that his spirit is there. And when they call upon him, they find that he works in their situations. And when they escape, he's involved. And when they commence their healing journey, they discover that he is the healer, the source of their healing. And those who make it out of these dreadful situations, those who overcome the trauma of the past, do it in large part to the extent in which they can trust in the sign of Emmanuel, trust that God is with them. When you trust in Jesus, you trust in God in human form. And you get to see through faith the glory of God. For Jesus reveals God to us. So the word became human and made his home amongst us and we have seen his glory, seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And confirming this is a conversation with his disciples in John 14. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And Jesus replied, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. Do you uh, don't believe that I'm in the Father of don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? And the words that I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and who does his work through me. Just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. And, and no one says it better than Paul in his letter to the Colossians. Christ is a visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He, he made things we can see and things we can't see, such as thrones, and 
kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. And everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. And my friends, this is the bigger picture of who the Christmas baby is. The baby Jesus was this Christ, God with us. So I ask again, will you trust the sign? God became one of us for many reasons. We've seen that he did it to reveal what he was like, but he also did it so that he would know what it was like for us. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. If you're a young person, Jesus knows what it's like to be where you are. He knows what it's like to be a teenager. He knows how it feels to be an outcast, to be let down by your friends or betrayed. He knows what it's like to be insulted or want to seek revenge when you're wrong. He knows the tug of the world and the whispering of Satan in your ear to trade life's greatest treasures in for a bit of fun. He knows fatigue. He knows hunger. He knows stress. He knows loneliness. He knows the temptation of being offered positions of popularity instead of servanthood that God has in mind for you. He understands the frustration of not being able to make decisions for the people around about you because they have free will. We have a high priest who has been tempted in every way, yet without giving in. Trusting that God is with us is the antidote for loneliness because God is with us at midnight when all your friends are gone home. In healing of memories, God is with us as we go back to the painful memories to let out the hurt and let the Saviour in. When we struggle with sin, God is with us when you think no one else sees what you're struggling with. He feels it and he grieves when you make the bad decision. And when we struggle with sinful habits, God is with us calling us to rely upon him to get out of them and ask for his help. And when we know we need to deal with our guilt, God is with us as we confess and renounce and choose Jesus. He is with us to cleanse us from unrighteousness. In the struggles of life, God with us means that there are two of us now. It means I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It means the Holy Spirit who lives in every believer is able to lead us and guide us. And when you need love, God with us means nothing can separate us from the love of God. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depths, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. He cares. He sees you through the eyes of love as perfect because of Jesus' righteousness. You are special. And when you've got nothing left to give, God with us means stand aside, let God minister through you. Hand the caring over to him. Ask him to show you his heart of compassion. It means be ready, be okay to be limited and frail and human. And when you have no idea how things will turn out, God with us means you don't need to know. 
You don't have to be in control. Place your trust in him. And when you can't see, feel, taste, taste or touch him, God with us means we know that he is spirit and we are flesh and is not usually available to our flesh and blood mean, means of, of knowing things. We know that the primary source of all the truth we need for faith is the word of God, not our feelings or our senses because they ebb and flow. And when you're told by your thoughts that you're alone and nobody cares about you, that you should just eat worms and die, hear that God did not set up this world and then go on holiday. Like we do when we put on the automatic retick and we go, go off to our caravan park. God with us means God is intimately involved with us, absolutely every part of this creation. In fact, you can say, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. To make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You see, God has always been present throughout the entire universe, which is what makes him so different from all the false gods that the pagan nations have worshipped. Through a select group of people, through the Jews, he revealed himself as I am. In other words, I'm present, I'm personable, I'm a knowable God to all people and triggering within, within them that hunger for intimacy with their creator. Christ has been Emmanuel with us as the father, you know, when he was a pillar of cloud and fire for 40 years, and in the tabernacle, in the temple for the Jews, God has been with us as the son when he came to die in our place. He's with us as the spirit when he resides in our, in our lives. And so this Christmas, God wants to remind us again that he desires to be with us, but as our saviour with us as our Lord, with us as our eternal Davidic shepherd king. And he wants us to trust the sign that is provided so that we may share a wonderful eternity with him in his peaceful kingdom. He wants us to trust in the only one who can save us, the child of virgin born, Emmanuel. You don't have to understand it all, just like the story I'm about to share with you, but you do have to trust. The story is during World War II when we have a US Marine. He got separated from his unit on a Pacific island. Fighting had been intense and in the smoke and crossfire, he'd got lost. He's alone in the jungle. He can hear the enemy soldiers coming in his direction. Scrambling for cover, he found his way to a high ridge where there were several small caves in the rock. And quickly he crawled inside one of the caves. And though he was safe for a moment, he realised once those soldiers came up and looking for him, and as, as, as they swept the ridge, they'd quickly search all the caves and he'd be killed. As he waited, he prayed, Lord, if it's your will, please protect me. Whatever your will, though, I love you and trust you. Amen. 
And after praying, he lay quietly listening to the enemy and they were drawing closer. He thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this one. And then he saw a spider begin to build a web over the front of his cave. And as he watched, listening to the enemy searching for him all the while, a spider layered strand after strand of web across the opening of the cave. Oh, he thought, what I need is a brick wall. What the Lord has sent me is a spider web. God does have a sense of humour. And the enemy got closer and closer and he watched from the darkness in his hideout and he saw them searching one cave after another. And as they came to his, he got ready to make his last stand. And to his amazement, after glancing in the direction of the cave, they moved on. And suddenly he realised that the spider's web over the entrance, his cave, looked as if no one had entered for quite a while. Lord, forgive me, said the young man. I'd forgotten that in you a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. In God's, in God, a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. We don't have to understand how God works in our lives. We just have to trust that he will if we have faith. So let's not be like Ahaz and trust the things that look powerful to us, the money, the power, the machines, the techniques, the skills, alliances, banks, governments, philosophies. And let's, be, let's hear the charge of Isaiah to Ahaz and understand how important it is to trust in the sign of Emmanuel, God with us. In Isaiah 7, 9, the charge was, if you do not stand firm in faith, you will not stand at all. Trust in the sign. Trust in Emmanuel. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, you are the ultimate authority and this day we want to trust in your movement through all history to provide an eternal kingdom as you promised to David. And so we worship you and we put our trust in you rather than the powerful things we see round about us in this world. Amen.